Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Would you open up your Bibles, open up your Bibles, please, to the the book of Matthew, chapter 28. We're going to be reading out of verse 18 through verse 20. That's the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And I know I just had you sit down, but I'm going to have you stand again for the reading of the word of the Lord, okay? So come on, aerobics, church aerobics is what I call them. We're going to stand in honor of God's word, and it says this. This is Jesus right here. And it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, say with me, go. Go, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And check this out. Some of you need to hear this today. And behold, you are not alone. I am with you always until the end of the age. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, we honor your word. We thank you for what it stands for. And we thank you because it is the ultimate truth that we stand on. I pray today for every person in this room and those engaging online, God, that no matter where they're at on their journey of faith, that you would reveal your son Jesus through your word today. God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a willingness to live out what you've called us to do today. In Jesus' name, thank you for this beautiful church. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Christian. Uh, Hey, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Tony, uh, and I'm the lead pastor here at Legacy Church. And if you're visiting us, you actually showed up on a perfect Sunday because today's going to look a little different. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the building kind of smells like popcorn. Uh, let me give you some good news. If you don't like the smell of popcorn, it won't always smell like that. Uh, if, if you like the smell of popcorn, I'm sorry to tell you, it won't always smell like that. Today's Vision Sunday. And if you've been tracking with us, uh, you know that we've been building to this moment, to this day that really is going to launch an entire series speaking about what we feel God is calling Legacy Church to, especially in this year. What he's calling us to build, what he's calling us to live out. And my hope and my prayers, especially if you're visiting today, is that you would get a glimpse of what you can jump into. That you consider this is, this is maybe my role to play in what God's doing in this local church. And if you're a Legacy Church member, you know I'm not just pumped, but I'm filled with vision, which is why it's not just a vision Sunday, it's a vision series that I have no idea when it's going to end. Okay? And, and and I'm just so excited because God, God is, is in the midst of his people doing beautiful things. How many of you know that the church is not dead? It is alive. It is well. Come on. So I, wanna, I just want to let you know today's going to look a little different. Um, it won't be kind of my typical teaching, preaching style. I'm going to just spit out some scriptures as well. We're going to go through some points. It's going to be an overview, okay? So if you're taking notes, I need you to be quick on those notes. I got a lot to cover. But don't worry. We're going to come back over the next few weeks and hit some of these things very specifically. 
specifically. Uh, but before we do that, I do also just want to acknowledge several people. I want to thank everyone that's made today such an extra special day. I don't know if you know this, but popcorn needs to be made, balloons need to be hung, merch needs to be done, uh, letters on the walls. If you've been downstairs in the classroom, you know we got fresh coat of paint in our kids' area. And so just this Thursday, we've had a ton of people working throughout the last few weeks, but just this Thursday, we did a call out and how many of it have you like almost like 20 some people showed up on a Thursday and just helped us put this building together. So I want to thank you guys for doing that. Love you guys so much. And like I said, today's going to look a little different, but are you ready? Here we go. Uh, have you ever taken a road trip? Um, and if you're anything like me, uh, how many of you are not great with directions? Come on. It's okay to admit your faults and truth in the, in the church. Come on. I'm going to be right there. I'm standing in solitude with you, okay? And here's the reality about my life is I am absolutely terrible with directions. I've lived in the beautiful state of Idaho for almost five years, and I live literally just down Cherry. Where, where is Cherry? There you go. See the, And I still need to GPS my way to the church. Okay. And like, literally it's just, it's just cherry. But when there's a detour, come on, how many of y'all know that detours throw you off? Right. And, and so uh, a couple years ago, we were headed out on a road trip with our family to Yellowstone. And if you, if you know my family, you know, there's five children in it, plus two highly passionate adults. So, uh, we're very quiet, a quiet family. You know, we're a very meditative kind of family, you know, uh, the Latino Greek blood never mixed, you know, it was just the crazy thing anyway. And so we're on our way and, uh, I'm, I'm already under the stress of not knowing where I'm going. Right. And I don't know if you, if you're anything like me, but I suffer from this, uh, symptom called uh, lack of holiness when it comes to the road. Um, some people call it road rage. I wouldn't go that far, but it's pretty close. And, and so in addition to not knowing where I'm going, the stress of that, the kids are screaming in the back. You know, they're, they're, they're talking, they're listening to stuff. They're watching movies. They're being loud and it's okay. They're being kids. Sophia's talking my ear off for once. And so I'm actually listening. And so anyway, and, and for once, it's not me talking is what I meant, right? For once I made space for her to speak. Anyway, uh, and now now we've got people on the road and the series like turn left, right? And I'm like, oh, where, 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 what's left? And you know, I got to do this, like to remember what even, what left is. And by the time I remember what left is, I, I take a right, right? And so I'm under this stress, right? And you can feel the anxiety building right now, right? You can feel it in the room. So I'm driving and I'm the kind of guy that like Siri says, for 40 miles, keep going straight. 10 miles later, uh, did I miss the turn? It's like, Sophia's like, no, that's literally been 10 miles, right? So the stress level's building up, kids' voices are getting louder and louder, and all of a sudden, I just turn to the back and I'm like, shut up, I can't see! <laughs> right? Like, come on, you know, you know what that's like? When it's too loud, I can't see, <laughs> right? So my, my kids are like, did we not pay attention when it came to like the senses class? You know, like, wait, how does, you know, like the hearing affect the vision? And I'm just like, I, when it's too noisy, I can't see. And we've, we've, we've called this sermon series Focus. And the reason why I've called it Focus is because the scripture we've just read, there's a lot of noise around this scripture. There's a lot of opinions about how this scripture applies. In fact, every local church applies this, this mission, if you will, in a different way. 
And my hope for you over the next few weeks or months or maybe even year is that as we address this idea of our mission and our vision in this house, that you and I would have something to focus in on. And that there's a lot of background noise. There's a lot of noise that we can listen to. There's a lot of things that can talk to us and, and, and kind of sway us even at times. And my hope for you and I, when we call this our home and our local church, is that we would hear God's voice above all things where we can focus. Because how many of you know when it's noisy, it's hard for you to see? Let me just tell you this. The scripture we just read, the truth about it is that every disciple is called to this. This is not just a scripture that is given to a select group of people that have a title in ministry or a select group of people that maybe want to have status in the kingdom of God. This idea of going and making disciples of all nations, Jesus is addressing his disciples. And my heart and my hope for you is that if you are beginning your relationship with Jesus or you've been walking with him for a long time, no matter where you're at on that journey, that you would take a next step in what it is to go and take part in the mission that Jesus has called his disciples to. And the reality is this, is that there's different expressions, there's different applications, there's different strategies to this mission of God for his church. And I believe God has offered me some clarity. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how we're going to live this out. I have to preface anything I'm going to say with this. Uh, Do not confuse my young and really good looks. Um, It's okay for you to laugh at me as well in church. So you can do that. You can laugh with me and at me. Uh, Don't confuse my young age with the fact that my heart is not to build something fast with quick results. I'm in this for the long haul. I see where God is going to take us and what it's going to take to get us there. And though, though we could very much maybe attempt to build something quick and get something that looks great on the outside, I am interested in you as a follower of Christ to be so deep-rooted in what he has for you that there is longevity for generations to come. So what we're talking about over the next few weeks isn't just about us, my friend. It's about the longevity of what God wants to do in and through this house. Speaking of longevity, we're we're an 82-year-old church. But if you haven't heard me say this before, I've got to say this. Though we honor the past and those that have come before us, if you have been around here for a while, you know that it's it's a new day. You know that it is a, a new people. It is a new church. And that God is doing something new in our midst. If you're visiting, I'm five months into being the lead pastor of this church. And, and where we're going as a church has to be clear, clear and obvious for all of us. Yes. And one of the temptations we run as a young church in a new season is this. Is that we might want to prefer our preference over our purpose. And we might want to take this new young pastor and kind of mold him into our image or mold this local church into what we want. And I'm here to tell you today, some of the things we're going to talk about today, I'm not going to be moved from because I believe God has given us a clear direction as to where we're going to go, why he's calling us to that. And my hope is that when we clarify even our values as to why we do what we do, ultimately we can answer the question, what are we going to do about all this? 
So I recognize we're in a new church, we're a new season. And some of you, I wanna thank you for the grace, the, the mercy you've offered us. But I do wanna remember, we're, we're five months into this. Yeah. And we're building. Yes. So are you ready? I'm gonna give you how many things? How many things am I gonna give you today? Three things. I'm gonna give you three things. I'm gonna give you three things that talk about the vision and the mission of our church, especially in this season. First, I want to tell you who we are. First, I want to tell you who we are. Here's the thing. Our, our mission, who we are, what, what makes us who we are has got to be part of the driving force for why we do what we do. And so when you look at this wall and you read Jesus, people, hope for all, beyond a, maybe a, a catchy tagline for marketing purposes or great Instagram posts, which by the way, those are great, that's awesome, let your friends know. But beyond that, we believe that we exist to follow Jesus, to love and serve people, and to carry the message of hope for all. Again, we exist to follow Jesus, to love and serve people, and to carry the message of hope for all. And all of the things that I'm talking about today, please trust me, we're gonna break them out, and, but for the next few minutes that we share together, I'm gonna do my best to at least give you an overview of everything that we're talking about. And this idea of Jesus, did you know that Jesus must be the center of everything that we do? You know, I actually had somebody recently approach me and said, Tony, when are you gonna get off this idea of just like constantly talking about like Jesus, like some of us have already been saved. As if, as if we move off of salvation. Like Jesus is the center of everything we do. Did you know when Jesus invites his disciples, he doesn't say, hey, come and walk with me and I'm gonna make you really successful. He doesn't say, come walk with me and I'm gonna make you a better father. He doesn't say, come walk with me and I'm gonna make you popular. Now, none of those things might be inherently bad within themselves, but the point of Jesus' invitation is follow me and as you follow me, not only will you learn my ways, but you will become fishers of men. So when we talk about following Jesus, we must first understand the book of Colossians chapter one, verses 15 through 20, says one of the most beautiful Christological verses that you will ever read in your entire life. And it says this, he, speaking of Jesus, it's not gonna be on the screen, I need you to take it, uh, take it down on notes and, and read it. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Isn't this beautiful? And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or on heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Yes. Romans eleven thirty six says it this way, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Yes. Jesus is the spine of everything we do. 
the center of everything. He is, in a sense, the hose, right? Uh, I was at the chiropractor not too long ago. This is the, the, the kind of the picture they painted for me. If, if your spine, your hose is kinked, then you've got, you can pinch a nerve or, or blood doesn't flow well. And so if our spiritual hose is kinked, if Jesus isn't the center and the spine that keeps us center and postured right before him, then there's nothing that we can do on our own unless we are aligned to him. This is why, first and foremost, Jesus. First and foremost, we are called to follow Jesus. It's not just something that I do every once in a while. I come on a Sunday whenever it's convenient for me, or I show up to a small group when it's convenient for me, or I kind of worship if I like the songs. No, he is my all in all. He is my everything. We exist to follow Jesus. This idea of people. Again, I'm really going to preach this like well later, but again, overview, okay? I won't say that again because I think you've understood what I mean. People. Mark 12, 29 to 31 says this. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Okay, pay attention to this, this verbiage. The most important commandment is that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. But catch this. The second is equally as important. Have you ever caught that? The most important is loving God. Now, the second is as equal of importance is we love our neighbors as ourselves. No other commandment is greater than these. I've got to pause and say, Legacy Church, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job loving people. Can I tell you, last Sunday doesn't happen when we baptize people that are dying to the old life and being resurrected in Christ if you don't love people well. I'm telling you, young people's lives aren't transformed without your generosity, without your willingness to love and to serve all people, even the least of these. I'm telling you, you don't see life transformation unless there's a group of people that love people well, that serve people well. I'm telling you, what happened with Meridian Elementary School here at Christmas is just the beginning. What happened at Trunk or Treat, just the beginning. You, church, are loving people well. Now I want to tell you, we must be postured in our lives based on love for other people at all times. We're called to love and serve not just one another, but people. Why? Because people are who Jesus came for. The third thing, hope for all, is this. I don't know about you but you and I, we're carriers of something. We carry something. Everywhere we go, we've got something to say or something that we give. And my hope and my prayer is that we become carriers of the message of hope everywhere we go. The reality is this, is Jesus does not say, sit idly by and make disciples. He says, go. He says, go. We are being sent with a message that the world must hear. Church, hear me on this. I'm not going to get off of this until we all live it. Because you carry the message that brings hope for all people. And it's not something that we muster up. 
I don't know about you, but there are situations in your family, in your neighborhood, in your job places, in, in your relationships that require you to deliver the greatest message of hope that anyone can hear. So we're called to be carriers of the message of hope. Did you know that culture would try to tell you and I that the church and the local church is dying? I'm here to, t- I'm here to call bull. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I said another word first service that I got reprimanded on, so you're not going to get that. They even told me second service gets recorded. It's online, so I'm not going to say it. I want to keep my job. Because the church of God is alive and well. Because we carry the greatest message that this world has ever heard. That the outcast has ever heard. That the single mom without hope has ever heard. That the one that's sick in a dying hospital bed has ever heard. That the one that that has no hope in their marriage and their relationship has ever heard. The one that has a diagnosis that seemingly no one can fix has ever heard. I'm telling you, the person that has dug the deepest hole and they feel like they can't crawl out of it, you and I get to carry the message that there is a God that, that says there is no hole that is too deep that my arm cannot reach there is no situation that I can't redeem there is no one I can't restore you and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation and I'm telling you church it's time for the church of God to rise up with the message of hope for all people not just a select few people all people I'll preach that another time second thing I want to give you today second thing I want to give you today is the values that drive us I don't know about you, but I have to have a center. I have to have something that anchors me and brings me back to home base. That goes, this is right here. When, when inertia is pulling me that way, I've got to have something that anchors me. And this is where values come in. This is where the things that are most valuable to us come in. I don't know if you grew up in church or not. And if you didn't, that's okay. And if you did, you're privileged to have been born in, into that or maybe at an early age. But we used to sing this old hymn, right, that talks about how we are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Values help us to not wander. Because we can hear many voices, can hear many ideas, and we're going to be prone to wander. And then eventually, how many of you know that where you end up isn't just based on just one huge decision? Sometimes the own trajectory of your life is swayed by small little things. And if we aren't careful, we are prone to go back to being anchored to what's comfortable, what's known. So I'm going to prepare you that these values are going to challenge us to not just go to what's known and what's comfortable, but they're going to anchor us to drive us to what God wants this local church to do at this time. The first value I want to talk to you about is we're going to be people that are faithful to the word of God. When the world says, choose your truth, I say... Well, I don't say. The Lord says, my word has withstood the test of time, culture, language barriers, generations. It is a church that has been built on these truths and that has lasted. 
It is Christians and saints who have been molded by these truths and we will not relent off of these truths. We will not create other truths. And just like the Bible says, we will not be those people that are swayed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, it says. We're gotta have something that anchors us and goes, this is the truth of God. And so my desire, just to say this very clearly to you, is is I'm not interested in you coming here and hearing cute ideas from a semi-cute pastor. (laughs) I was feeling a little heavy, so I had to throw out another joke. My, my interest in my heart is not that you would come on a Sunday, join a small group, and hear cute ideas. No, my heart is that you and I would be formed by the word of God. Amen. That goes beyond just cute ideas that change from time to time, that sound kind of cute, that make for great Instagram posts. How many of y'all know? Right? Make for great social media posts, yet they have no weight church, hear me. My desire for you as your pastor is that there would be something that weighs you on the bottom, that deeply roots you. So when times of trouble come, you will be like a tree planted by streams of living water and you are immovable, unshakable. I'm telling you, this is how a people become pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. That ain't just a song. It's a scripture that's talking about when we are weighted and rooted in something that withstands ideas of humans and the ages. We're going to be faithful to his word. Second value, we're going to be presence driven. I don't know if you noticed that today already. We love the presence of God. And I understand the presence of God can go anywhere. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. We're going to value the presence of God, whether that is individually and corporately. There's something to be said when you and I join our songs with the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews talks to us about. There's something that happens in the presence of God that can't take place anywhere else. I'm telling you, the presence of God can change the trajectory of your life in one moment. And you want to know why there's so many amens when I say that? Because as I look around, even in this room, there are people whose stories I know that their lives began to radically change after a moment in the presence of God, after but one word for the presence of God, but one moment of worship, but one moment, one lyric, it's the presence of God that offers my soul, your soul, something that nothing else offers us. And things can begin, one moment in his presence can change everything, church. So we're not going to be the kind of people that take his presence for granted. No, 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 no. We're going to be the kind of people that have reverence for his presence, that have a gratitude for his presence. We're going to be the kind of people that, that is talked about in the word, where it says they were glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Where they said, where, where, where we lift him up, he draws near. Where he inhabits the praises of his people. We are a presence-driven church. Number three, we are called to be radically hospitable. It's not just hospitable. I threw in radically because I believe we're called to this in a radical way. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. But the Jesus in the Bible you and I 
read about, and if you've been in church at any length of time, you've probably heard that Jesus had prostitutes at his table. He had tax collectors at his table. He, He touched the leper. But have you ever stopped to think about that? Like, even in our culture today, like we're talking not even 2,000 years ago, we're talking today where so many things are permissible, yet there are still certain things that people are disgusted by. What would it look like for someone so vile, someone so gross, so dirty, to be invited to a table by the king of all kings? That is the radical hospitality that Jesus has offered you and I, and he's asking us to live out. Bring on the tax collectors, which by the way, those were thieves. Those are people that lied, cheated, steal to get their way. Come on. You don't need a tax collector title for you to be one of those people. Come on. Right? We're talking people that had no other choice but to sell their bodies or maybe they enjoyed doing that. Who knows? And Jesus is sitting with them. Jesus was accused of being a drunkard because he would drink with these people. This is the radical hospitality. We're talking about Zacchaeus, right? You, you hear about the nursery rhyme. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, right? We make it cute. Do you know how despised this, this devalued human was? And Jesus stops his parade and goes, hey, my God, I'm dining with you tonight. What? Church, it's time that this value of radical hospitality begins to change the personification of the church as a whole that says those Christians, the more they get, the larger fences they build, the more privacy they build, the taller fences they build. When we serve a God that says, when I have more, the larger table I build. I'm not called to larger and taller fences. I'm calling to a larger table, to more chairs, to more space. Even for, yes, even for those. This is why we say hope for all. Number four, the fourth value, uncommonly generous. Did you know it's, there's certain things that are being lost in our culture today? One of those is common sense. (laughs) Have you noticed that? It's like, why do we still call it common sense? Because it's kind of uncommon now. <laughs> but I say uncommon generosity because we live in a culture that is literally wiring us and teaching us that life is about you, 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 you. Hoard, 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 hoard. Maintain, maintain, maintain. Keep, 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 keep. Prepare, 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 prepare. And Jesus is going. He's literally described in the word as a cup that was poured out. Jesus' own words, that which by grace you've received, by grace you should give. So we're going to uncommonly be the kind of people that don't withhold our gifts, our talents, our time, our money. Yes, your money. Yes, your, your resources. Yes, your wisdom. We are going to be the uncommonly generous kind of people that go, when there is a need, I meet it. And I, don't worry, I'll really preach this. Fifth value is valuing everyone. Speaking of value, we place value on every human being. I want to tell you something that's really close to my heart. 
we can give lots of examples of valuing humans, but there's, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna really preach this, like I said, in a few weeks, but I gotta touch on something. Our culture sees children as a nuisance. Our culture places very low value on, you know, you go to restaurants and your dog's more welcome than your kids sometimes. You ever experienced that? And if we're going to be the kind of people that value everyone, it means even the least of these. And in Jesus' time, the least of this, and I feel like not much has changed. Usually our children, women, orphan, the sick, the outcasts. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit of an outcast. I'm not the guy that really fit in. I mean, you look at me now and you're going, how can that be, right? Like, you're so charming, you're so good looking. Like, if I showed you a photo of me pre-braces with my thick accent because it was my third language in a different culture, in a different country, I'm telling you, I know what it's like to be rejected by my looks and by what I don't bring to the table. And I know what it's like when a family brings me in. I know what it's like when to experience he places the lonely in the family and it takes people valuing people even the least of these and in our case in our culture I'm talking even children I'm telling you we don't have baptisms of young people unless we have people like you valuing children week in and week out that go yeah I get it our classrooms downstairs are a little tight They're, they seem to get tighter more and more and why is it in a basement and why is there mold and is there mold or should we get a tested for mold we're going to talk about all that we're going to talk about all that okay I'm going to get there I'm going to get there we're going to talk about all that in this series but, but it takes a people that go I'm going to value more than just what society values and even in the church world we value being in church more than well if I serve I, I miss out on I, I want to, mm. I got I to gotta, I gotta move on. Okay. I'm reminding myself that I get to preach this for however long I, I want. So, so today, let's move on to the third point. Okay, you ready? You might be saying, all oh, this sounds great, but what are we going to do about it? I'm so glad you asked. This is my third point. What are we going to do about it? There's three, again, three focuses that I believe God has given us for this year. And they're gonna take time. They're gonna take intentionality. I'm also going to appeal to your grace and to your mercy as we execute this and as we grow through it together. I'm gonna appeal that you would consider what I'm going to lay out as a consideration for you to buy in. And for you, maybe you've been living in the outskirts in your local church and maybe you just kind of have come and, and maybe today is the day that you can consider what your role is in this. The first thing that I feel God is calling us to focus on this year is to widen our reach, to intentionally equip and to get ready to send. Every one of us is called to reach a sphere of influence. Yes. Not just those of us that work in a church environment, not just those of us that hold a leadership title. Every, those are two handsome boys right there. <laughs> I even got distracted. 
Those are my, those are two of my boys. Can you, t- can you tell I'm the cheesy dad that got us matching shirts? I know, I know. I'm t- you guys think I'm exaggerating when I talk about how sensitive and creative I am, right? No, it's, it's not. Like, I'm, I'm cheesy that way. Anyway. We are each called to reach a sphere of influence, but as a church, we're going to intentionally widen our reach. And my heart is that you that are here today and you call this your church home, that you would begin to move out of just I've been reached to now I'm going to grow and be equipped into something. Because the message that Jesus gives isn't just for a select few group of people. It's for everyone that says, I am his disciple. And if I'm his disciple, then it means I am equipped in his ways. And eventually, as I'm equipped, I'm sent somewhere. I'm asked all the time. Somebody, somebody approached me the other day and goes, well, you're just so focused on the future. Or you're just so focused on outreach. You're, what about discipleship? I'm going, outreach and the future is the pinnacle of discipleship. Like the last thing the disciples hear from God is go. (laughs) But of course I get it. We're going to equip. We're going to intentionally equip the saints and we're going to create a track for that. What we're calling our next steps roadmap. We're getting strategic. We're getting intentional about this. And this here that appears on your screen, I I know it's probably a little bit small. I, I realize that first service, so I apologize, but there's printed copies of that in your seat in front of you that you can refer to and look at. And I just want to quickly walk you through our next steps roadmap. We, we believe that everyone is called to be a follower. So we begin. We firmly believe that you should come as you are to Jesus. However, as you uncover his truths and rejoice in the hope he provides, we hope that you will experience a transformation of your faith. So this is where we all begin. We all begin by following Jesus and learning of his ways. We begin by accepting this invitation where he says, come, follow me. Not follow a new doctrine, not follow a new idea. Again, this is why it begins with Jesus. The next step is we believe that from following, we can all begin to grow into influencing people, those around us. We don't just retain our information. We don't just sit with Jesus and and hoard it all and keep it all to ourselves. We are now called to pour that into others. And so having bought in and continuing to develop your spiritual formation, your focus begins to shift externally, externally by putting the focus on people. Also, I really hope you're catching all of the consistency and verbiage from values to mission to vision to next steps roadmap. We begin to better understand our own identity and calling. How many of you know that you really begin to know about yourself when you begin to pour into others? And let me just say it this way. I know I'm going to preach this, uh, uh, but let me just say it this way. You don't have to know it all. I'm telling you. You can ask my staff, I don't know it all. Half the content I'm sharing with you today was staff collaborated, collaborated on. I don't know it all. Right? I, I'm, I, I, I just got to be like one half a step in front of the guy that I'm influencing. You know what I just read this morning that challenged me? You want to know what I learned in my marriage today? Okay. So from influencing, we now move into becoming overseers. As, as the call of God has been placed on your life, becomes more and more evident, and your influence on the community grows, so does your responsibility in the kingdom of God. 
This responsibility creates a need to develop, mold, and refine your leadership. This is where we're creating our leadership pipeline where now we get all up in your business. (laughs) Where now you got somebody who's calling you up and calling you out. Somebody who's going, hey, I love you. And because I love you and because you trust me, I just want to talk to you about like just that attitude. Like, let's refine that. It's ironing, sharpening iron. It's, hey, according to the word of God, let's realign here. And we begin to, to refine the character because guess what? We are all jars of clay in the potter's wheel. And then the fourth step to this is eventually we are sent. We are sent. This is the last stop, but it is certainly not the end. It is a time to answer the call of God he has placed on your life. While this looks different for everyone, the task is the same. Equip people to share that there is hope for all. Some of you, some of you are here in in, in this room or online. And some of you are future campus pastors. Some of you are campus youth leaders. Some of you are being going to be sent out into the missions field. Some of you You're being called specifically into the marketplace. Some of you still have no idea that the neighborhood you live in right now is exactly the mission field God has placed you on on purpose. That apartment complex, that duplex, you thought it was by happenstance and God's going, I'm sending you somewhere. We're all going to be sent. Why? Because we're going to be reaching, equipping, and sending. The second thing that we want to focus on, I got to move this along here. I, I want to preach. Can you tell I got to preach all of these, you know, to really, uh, but I hope, I hope this is clear. And, and you see kind of the, the back of your piece of paper there. We've got kind of a flow chart here. And, it, and it, we're going to explain this in more detail later, but essentially it goes like this. We get connected, then we get involved, then we get equipped, then we reconnect at a new level. We disciple, we develop, and then we're refined, and then we're sent out. This is what we're going to be focusing on as we grow in your spiritual development this year more than ever. I recognize that for some of you, maybe all we've had to offer in a sense for your discipleship is a Sunday morning and in a small group and maybe join a group here and there or, or, or serve. We're getting intentional about knowing how to disciple you and take you from this to this to this to eventually be released. The second thing I want to talk to you about that we're going to focus on this year is intergenerational living. Look around the room. You're going to see that there's gray hairs. There's in between hairs. There's young, old, in between, everywhere. Some of you hide your gray hairs. I'm going to tell you right now, you earn those suckers. So just let them fly. Come on. Okay. I told my mom that, and she literally stopped dyeing her hair. Yeah, I kid you not. 62 years old. She's like, thank you, mijo, for the freedom you just gave me. Right? Yeah. Straight up. Love you, mom. She watches every, every, every Monday because she goes to her own church. Check this out. I want more than just representation of multicultural living. Right now, we have a representation of multiple ages, But there's a difference between being multi-generational and multicultural with intergenerational living. Multi-generational means there's representation of it, which is great. That's a start. But intergenerational means I'm in your life and you are in mine. It means the young are not, eh. And it means the old aren't, eh. And it means the in-between are, you're not there yet. 
And, and again, we're going to preach this, but let me just focus in on a couple of things. Hey, if you're here and, and you're older, you know, you've got life experience, you've got gray hair, you, 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 you've got knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Intergenerational living does not look like this. Well, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, if you only knew. You're not going to be received. You're also not going to be received when you're like, well, if you only knew, I mean, you're dreaming now, but uh, as if the Bible didn't say young men would dream dreams and old men would have vision. Like, it's also not like, oh, nice try. That's cute. Pat on the head. Young people. It's also not, you're washed out. You have no idea. You follow, get with the program. Intergenerational living and we're going to break this out, it, it means there is an honor, come on, there's an honor to every life stage because we value everyone. Amen. And so we're going to get intentional about that. So if you're of the older generation, for example, and you go to the Monday night uh, seniors group, and we're saying, hey, we've got this event for youth or families, it's not because we have no one else to ask. It's because we want you to be there. And we want your wisdom to be there. Parents of young kids, when we say we're hosting a dinner for the older generation or we're doing this and this event with the older generation, it's not just uh, Lane kind of ran out of content for the kids on a Wednesday night. So we'll see how kind of what he and his team came up with. No, it's an intentionality of intergenerational living. It's grandmothers going, oh, honey, I've been there. Let me hold that baby for you. And as I hold that baby, let me tell you about how sleep training my child went back in the day. It, it, did you know I had to be taught how to swing a hammer? Somebody had to teach me how to hold a nail and to not hold the hammer at the, at the top, but at the base, so you can actually swing it. It might seem comical, but do you know, and, that's, and I was raised by a good father. We need intergenerational living. I could preach that all day, but I got to keep moving. The third thing we got to do, the third thing we're going to do this year is we're going to build a space to accommodate what we have and what's to come. I have to say this. I know some of you, if you've been here for a while, you have heard of our Generations campaign and the funds that we're trying to raise for that. The first thing I gotta say is I, I gotta apologize to you because you deserve an update and you haven't been given one. Um, you can expect an update personally from me to talk to you about where that's at. If you have given to the Generations campaign, you can expect an update from me. I'm not making excuses, but part of it is we've, honestly, as we look at the new year, as we look at who we are kind of landing to be, there's just a different vision. And not that I'm not honoring the past, but part of this was an inherited idea that I received. And with fresh eyes, with, with fresh eyes through, our, through uh, our consultant and through fresh eyes with our elders, we feel like God's actually given us a strategy that won't hold us hostage for phases to come for the next 10 years as the initial process was, was, was proposed. Uh, part of it too is this, is I see a vision through intergenerational ministry that could accommodate in this building in a different way. And so I'm gonna present that to you. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about that in the series, but I, I wanna just make sure you know that I'm aware that I owe you an update and boy, are you gonna get an update. You're gonna get more than an update. <laughs> And I'm going to give you an opportunity to be able to hear what that looks like. But our heart is to create a space where people are safe, 
of all ages, of all walks of life, to be able to receive honor, hospitality, value, and experience the presence of God. Do you see how these values tie into how we're going to build? Why? Because right now, I am not interested in a physical church building that says to someone who's handicapped, you can only access certain areas. That is not valuing every person. I don't want spaces where children feel crammed and they feel like an afterthought or where they feel like they're just getting dumped into a fishbowl. That is not our heart of valuing everyone. I want you to sit in in comfortable seats, not too comfortable because I got to keep you awake sometimes, you know, and and where temperatures controlled and where people walk in and they experience the word of God through our hospitality, through our radical hospitality, through our great generosity, and where we say, you matter, we matter value you. I'm telling you, don't you dare look at this as just another building campaign. There is vision behind the why of what we're building physically and spiritually. Band, you can come on up. We got to take communion here pretty soon. So here's where I want you to still track with me because I'm almost done. We're landing the plane. Okay. So you can rebuckle. Okay. If you're in the bathroom, come out of the bathroom, get to your seat. So, so if our mission, as I mentioned earlier, is to follow Jesus, love and serve people, and carry the message of hope for all, then our clear vision is this, to provide an environment, an opportunity for all people to meet and follow Jesus, positively influence our community through our hospitality and generosity, and equip and oversee leaders so that they may be sent to share the message of hope for all. This is where God is taking us, church. This is who God is calling Legacy Church to be at this time. The people that will provide an environment and opportunity for all people to meet and follow Jesus, positively influence our community through our hospitality and generosity, and equip and oversee leaders so that they may be sent to share the message of hope for all. And I have to say this, I'm not moving off of this. I just want to tell you right off the bat, we'll be held accountable to this. Our leadership will be held accountable to this. And I'm not going to be moved from it. I believe God has laid a very clear burden on our hearts for this season, for this community. And you know, I got to get real honest with you because I don't ever want to pretend like I'm not aware of just realities. The reality is when you look at this church and you go, well, five months into it, young new guy, I could kind of mold him into like what I want. I I, I, I kind of sway and kind of mold this church into my image. I just want to tell you right now, I'm not moving off of this. Okay? So my ask is, will you consider joining this? My ask is, will you prayerfully consider this next step that God is calling this church to? My heart is not to force anyone here. Again, like I said to every visitor today, it's probably the best Sunday you could have visited because you're getting to hear what you could be a part of. And you saw me cry, you saw me yell a little bit, and you saw me sweat. So that's pretty much it. Ask anybody. That's pretty much (laughs) what happens every Sunday. Um, but my, my ask for you is would you prayerfully consider, because 
My heart is not to twist your arm or force you into something that someone else can talk you out of. I believe this is what God has called us to, church. And in a moment, we're going to share communion together. And I want to read to you out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 15 through 16, that talks about really where you come in. This is where you come in. This is where it becomes an us thing. This is where it becomes a, we are united under one same umbrella and we're going to work towards something together. And it says this, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, look at this, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I'm going to ask John Caradonna to join me up here. He's one of our small group leaders. And I've asked him to lead us in this communion. Because I believe today, as we share communion together, this can be the beginning, the marking of a community that maybe has different ideas, maybe different life experiences, different preferences. But at the table of Christ, we all give up our preferences and we choose our purpose. And we choose our purpose over our preference. And can I tell you, there's no greater unifier than the table of Jesus Christ. The table that says you need saving, you need saving, I need saving, and at this table, we all have a seat. So I'll leave you with John and the band as we share in communion together. So as Pastor Tony mentioned, we're gonna go ahead and spend some moment in reflection in in communion. Um, You guys could start making your way over to the tables to the side here or in the back room. And you can take the bread, dip it in the juice, make it back to your seat, and take it at your leisure. Um, As you guys do that, I wanted to share a story with you guys. I had an amazing opportunity last year to go backpacking in the solitudes, and one of those days I spent in solitude out on this island in the middle of this lake, and I started looking up at the mountain range, and as I'm looking up there, I was just imagining how amazing it must feel to be so close to God and looking down on His creation, but... As I was looking, I just realized how, how empty that mountain range was, how desolate and just how hard it was. All the rocks there, there's no life. And my eyes started making the way down the mountain and I see this forest, I just see this lush um, forest full of these tall pines that have these roots that just grow deeper and wider the taller they get. And as I'm sitting there and I have this, this moment of realization of you know living life in the valley, this wind comes rushing through and just kind of hits me and pushes me back a little bit. And it goes on for a couple minutes. And as it's going across and, and pushing me back, I just hear this voice keep telling me, aren't you meant to turn this valley of death into a valley of life? And I, I sat down, I started writing, and I wanted to share with you what I wrote in that moment. I wrote, I believe we are meant to not just live in the valley, but to be a towering forest in the valley, reaching high to his calling, providing community, a covering and stability for those in our communities. We are meant to live amongst the world with roots of faith firmly planted, to provide ourselves for all people in a way that exemplifies the gift of love and grace that we have received and sharing the hope that we carry. By living in the valley and accepting that the summit has always and will always be Christ crucified, we can announce our ascent through our actions, our relationships, and our faith. So I found it ironic that I'm sitting there in solitude and God was calling me to community. And so as we make our way back to the seats and the band continues to play, just take a moment to reflect on the salvation and the gift that God has given us through Christ's body and his blood, but also reflect on the call that he's called us to, on the great commission that Pastor Tony spoke about 
and the call to be in community with him and with others. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.